0: That's Superb- De- Money... Mani- I'm just fucking with you. I just wanted you to think that your phone was skipping, or remember your CDs used to skip? I just, I'm taking you back to the day. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast. It is where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you so much for listening to the show, and this week it is episode 278, and it's one of our patented Patreon poll winning episodes. If you don't know, our October Patreon poll was made up of original Xbox games and the cult classic Psychonauts squeaked past of all games Star Wars Battlefront 2 to take the title and get itself an episode of remember the game and I've always been interested in playing psychonauts I love platformers and this one I remember seeing advertisements for it in magazines and stuff it always just looks so funky so when it finally when it won the poll I'm like fuck yeah. Let's do it. Let's psycho knot it up. And and it didn't disappoint. I I don't think it's the best platformer I've ever played, but I've always said I consider video games a form of art. And and this game is artistic as fuck. Tim Schafer thought outside the box with this one. And even when the platforming irritated me, which wasn't too often, but it did, uh the funny story, the crazy levels, the outstanding voice acting Oh, kept me intrigued. If you've never played Psychonauts, you play as this kid named Raz who has psychic powers and he runs away from the circus to go to a summer camp for kids with other funky brain abilities. And then he he finds it isn't all smiles and sunshine at the camp. Uh, shout out to anyone who gets that reference. And you're off to the races. There's a bunch of collectibles. You get new psychic abilities as you move through the game. And, uh... And I really like it. It's pretty fun. Pretty funny, fun game. My guest this week is my buddy Patrick. Uh, Traditionally, he's all about the horror games and the Game Boy games. That's his wheelhouse here on RTG. But I guess we can add weird fucking platformers. To his resume too, because he's a big Psychonauts fan, and this game is just weird as fuck. Not everybody knows it, but those that like it, love it. And we'll get to all that in just a minute because speaking of stuff that not everyone knows, but the ones that like it love it, it's time for another edition of the Remember the Game Infamous Intro. <laughs> If you're new to the podcast, welcome aboard and consider this your warning. Our intros are kind of long, but they're fun, and they're way easier to get past than the last fucking level of Psychonauts. My God. Uh, if you do want to skip them, if you just want Psychonaut talk, go to about the 30-minute mark, you'll be there. But give, a, give the intro a chance. It's fun. Let me get my plugs out of the way. Keep the bills on. Uh, we have merchandise, all kinds of stuff, clothes, mugs, posters, rocking incredible art, all designed by my man Joe from 4545 Creative. You can find all our merch at rememberthegamepodcast.com. If you're interested, great way to support this little show of ours. And of course, if you're like, I don't do clothes, I get it. I get it. Uh, you can always just support us on the old Patreon box. We're uh finally available. Sorry, I lost my... How did I fuck this up? I do this every week. We're finally available on Spotify. You can you sign up for Patreon. They'll they'll set it up. And then you just add all the Patreon podcasts to your Spotify. It's a whole new podcast feed. They're all just there. It is so fucking so much easier than using Patreon. And you can add it to just about every other podcast feed as well. And if you didn't know, we offer four... Extra podcasts each week. Monday, Purple Monkey Dishwasher. Mark McHugh and I are talking Simpsons. It's a good time. Tuesday, The Rambling Idiot, where I talk about comedy, TV, movies, sports, whatever I feel like talking about. It's uh, it's it's mediocre. Uh, Friday, Game Patch, where I give you uh, all the biggest news in modern video games, along with some sales picks, the new releases, all that stuff. It is awesomely outrageous. And Expansion Pass drops every Thursday. That's the crown jewel for my money of the Patreon library. It's a different gaming theme show every week. We look back at consoles, characters, franchises, tons of ranking episodes, there's some comedy episodes, there's modern game reviews. This past week was actually Expansion Pass 190, and I've been playing the mario rpg remake since it came out a few weeks ago so uh this week i dropped my review i didn't get into too much detail as far as the story and that kind of stuff of mario rpg we've covered it here on remember the game i did get more into like the stuff they changed how i liked it whether or not i'd recommend it to you my friend and uh, as is becoming tradition here is a sneak peek of last week's episode of expansion pass my super mario rpg remake review I think this strays enough off the, the the classic tried and true RPG trail that it's still worth looking at, even if you're not a fan of the genre. Uh, now, if you're asking me, I have played the original. Is this worth picking up? I think so, but you need to be aware that like it's not going to hit like Final Fantasy VII remake did. It's not gonna it's not gonna hit like Resident Evil Four remake did. This is much more of a facelift with a couple of tweaks so i think it's worth playing either way specifically if you've never played mario rpg if you have just know that like again here in canada it's 80 dollars whatever it costs wherever you live um you you're you are basically playing like you're they haven't added a ton of like story content you're not gonna like there's no extra playable characters or anything like that you're basically getting a facelift with a little bit of extra post game stuff and uh, some new battle mechanics. But it, it's, it's for the most part, it's the same game. So that's now available in our archives. And this week, it's Expansion Pass 191. And if you're a Seinfeld fan, you probably know that it's Festivus on Saturday. And if you're not a Seinfeld fan, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. Uh, Festivus is Frank Costanza's alternative to Christmas, and part of it is the airing of Grievances. So as a tribute to the precious... Fucking legendary Frank Costanza. This week will be our fourth annual airing of Gaming Grievances. We'll talk about how gaming has disappointed us over the past year. It's usually a pretty uh, it's a pretty fun episode. So, again, subscriptions start at $3 a month. to get new podcasts every week. Plus, instant access to literally hundreds. I think there's almost 500. Ad-free bonus archive podcasts waiting for you over there. Plus, access to the Remember the Game Discord. The chance to vote in our Patreon poll every month. The ability to submit comments on our podcasts. You can DM with me and... You even get a shout out and get to hear me mispronounce your name like I'm about to do to most of these people. A huge thank you to our newest patrons. Taylor Wilson, Zach Neiman, Fawz, Nosewax, Stanko. That's fucking gross. Soul Eater Chaos, Dylan King, P Fantasy and Maroon, Tricky Mick, Etc. frog B. It's a fucking busy name. Mike Lukianoff. Martin He, he- Heavis- Heavisides? Heavisides? He- Heavisides? sorry martin jacob silvers andrew mcdougall and spike Aroni. i like that uh thank you all so much for the support and welcome to remember the game industries patreon.com slash remember the game and uh don't forget over there we donate five percent of our patreon to charity unlike some youtubers we we donate it every year uh that's as far as i'll go into that i don't want to get into that i don't care and uh you can also find me on twitch twitch.tv slash remember the game i'm doing a playthrough of batman arkham asylum Over there right now. So hit me with a follow. It's free. You'll know when I log in. You can come by and tell me why I suck. All right? That's enough. Uh, Yeah, I don't feel like doing any more plugs. That's enough blowing myself. Let's blow some of you by blowing in some cartridges. It is our opening segment here on the show. I read a few comments and questions from our Patreons, usually gaming related, but not always. And we call this segment blowing in the cartridge. He
1: blows all right. He blows big time.
0: That's it, honey. Get into the spirit. (laughs) Let's blow. Our first blower this week is Dom Lupian, who said, Hey Adam, me and my friends are doing an event every year called the Lazy Dick. It's basically a LAN party where we gather for three days of non-stop gaming while we'll eating crappy food like chicken fingers, pogos, pizza, pocket pizza, etc. We are trying to be as lazy as possible. So every food package or B.O.S. boss. I'm not sure what bosses are just thrown on the ground along with beers. No showers allowed. We obviously know it's stupid, but we enjoy ourselves. Some people think it's genius. Some people think it's pathetic. What's your take? If you read this on the show, I will play it at our opening ceremony. Well, you better stay true to your word. What is up, Dom Lupian and three friends who I'm going to assume are Rob, Sean, and Josh, like my brother. He's pretty lazy. Uh, where do I stand on it? I don't think it's pathetic. I don't think it's genius. I think it's very, very lazy. And and I respect it. I think that that basement or wherever the fuck you are is going to smell worse than my office does. It's going to be absolutely deplorable and I never want to come within three blocks of your home. Uh, but yeah, fucking a, I like it. Spend time with your friends, eat shit food, don't shower, throw garbage on the ground. Make sure you wash your hands though and, uh, enjoy yourselves. I like it. I like it. Good job. Lazy dick. Some call me a lazy dick. So, good for you. Uh, Bobby Litton said, Yo, Adam, whatever happened to WrestleQuest? Did you ever finish it? What are your thoughts? Uh, honestly, Bobby, I was... WrestleQuest fucking sucked. If you don't know, I was like... It was like an RPG based on pro wrestling. And I I, I hate to say that because I, I love indie gaming. But I bought that game when it came out. Super stoked to play it and... I just was bored to absolute tears. And then it didn't help it that Sea of Stars came out a couple of days later and I started playing Sea of Stars and I was like, I don't think so. I'm done with this. Uh, No, I honestly, I don't think I'll ever go back to it. I I just thought it was very, very boring. Did not enjoy it. Recommend you skip it. I'm sorry. I hate to do that to an indie game, but Wrestle Quest, you'll be wrestling with the quest of finishing that game. Mark McHugh's flaccid asshole. Said, hey there, you hoser. I know this isn't exactly a speedrunning podcast, but Awesome Games Done Quick 2024 is just around the corner. Have you ever tuned in to watch any of them? I think a lot of hot dogs would be interested. I can't say as I have ever watched one of those like speedrun competitions. I'm not the world's biggest speedrun fan. I-, I watch like the occasional game that I like to play, like the OG Ninja Turtles on the NES. And if you don't know in our archives, we actually interviewed Summoning Salt, who makes some of the best youtube videos about speed running uh this side of the moon they're fucking incredible i highly recommend you check out both that podcast and more specifically uh summoning Souls youtube channel but i've never watched uh like uh, uh what is it awesome games done quick or i don't know what i think there's another one i don't remember what they're called i've never watched one so i don't know maybe maybe i'm not gonna listen i'm not gonna bullshit and be like i'll fucking watch it because i i i would i don't know 70 30 that I, pr- I probably won't but, uh, maybe, maybe I'll throw it on. I mean, either way, like, it's for charity. Charity's cool, so I, I support charity. And I support Mark McHugh's flaccid asshole, so it's two for two. Uh, Tegan's Glitch said, Hey Adam, I know you're a hockey fan like myself, and I want to know what your hockey hot take uh, takes are. One of mine is that I'm seriously getting tired of the name Connor Bedard. Holy fuck, the NHL is acting like he's the next Wayne Gretzky. I mean, like, yeah, but, like, you got to market your stars, right? When LeBron came into the NBA, everybody talked about LeBron. Shuhei Otani has been all over the news. Connor McDavid has been the name everyone's been saying. Now we have another Connor to talk about. I get it, but I also think he's worth the hype. He's a pretty good fucking hockey player. Um, I don't know if I have. Okay, so minor hot take. Daniel Alfredson is the most overrated piece of shit in the history of hockey. And I'm sorry to you Auto Senator fans. I fucking hate that guy. I fucking hate that guy. And now he's like a coach of the Ottawa Senators. And I'm like, what's he going to teach? How to shoot the pucks at your opposing team's captain when you're losing in the finals? Fucking pussy. I hate Daniel Alfredson. My more league-wide hot take is the, not to sound like Grandpa Simpson, but there are too many teams nowadays. And if I was in charge of the NHL, I would erase at least six teams so that the rosters were a little bit deeper. It'll never happen, but I would do it. Also, the shootout sucks, and uh, they should bring back ties. Those are all my hockey takes. Radmack. Said, hey, Adam, do you ever review your own comedy? What do you think when you hear your own voice? I ask because every time I've had a comment on here read, I thought it was genuinely funny. And then when you read it back, I always just feel like a dick. <laughs> is that something that real comedians go through? Or am I just a dick? Well, you are a dick, Rad there's no There's no debating that. But uh, no, I I mean, I do. Mo- listen, a good comedian listens to their own stuff. Not to get laughs. It is literal torture to listen. to. It is fucking awful to listen to your own uh, comedy. It is horrible, but it's the only way you get better. You have to listen back to it. You need to listen back. It's the only way you'll pick up on little tendencies. Like if you say like too much, or if you swear too much, or if you're wasting time, one of the best examples, sorry for those of you that don't care about up, but like one of the best examples is, uh, like say I had a joke about, uh, say that I have a joke about something that happened when my girlfriend and I went out for dinner a couple of weeks ago. If I come out and start my joke with like, so a couple weeks ago, my wife and I went to the keg for steak dinner. It's my favorite restaurant. And this crazy thing happened. You listen back and realize that is like five seconds of just total fat. You could trim off the joke. All I have to do is be like, my wife and I went out for dinner and, and you don't really catch those things until you go back and listen to it. So I do occasionally listen back to my own sets. Most good comedians do. And I do. I'm not good, but it is, it is the fucking worst. It is the fucking worst experience. I've never listened to a full episode of Remember the Game. I can't do it. Nope. I can't do it. Fucking, ah. I'd rather go to the dentist without any mouth freezing than fucking listen to my own podcast. Ugh. Ugh. Anyway, thank you for listening to our show. Subdued Subdued said, Hey Adam, since you're talking psychonauts this week, I've been wondering, have you ever dabbled with any psychoactive substances outside of the jazz cabbage, the booze, and the good old caffeine? P.S. I hope quitting slash cutting back on pot is going well. Um, no, I, uh, well, like kind of mushrooms once, but didn't really, it's a lot. It didn't really work. It didn't, I've been, I've been kind of tempted to try mushrooms again, but, uh, no, mostly it's just weed and a little bit of booze. And then I love coffee as you all know. And uh, as far as the quitting slash cutting back on pot is going well, it was. And then I got into comedy season for the holidays and I have a very hard time sleeping after comedy shows. So I was coming home every night and just lighting up and, I'm, I'm on day two right now, trying to get better again. But no, it's not it's not going well at all. I fucking love weed. I'm sorry. Uh, Mediocre Bulge said, Hey, Adam, I'm newish to the pod, so sorry if you've mentioned this before. I know you love Mario Kart, and I was curious if you have a go-to character and kart combination. Please do not say Waluigi and the Wiggler. Wow. Uh, no, I do love Waluigi, but I don't play as him. My go-to in Mario Kart 8 is Bowser with that like crotch rocket-looking uh, motorcycle like red that's that's my go-to combo sometimes i use roy on it as well and then when i do the 200 cc i play as toad in just one of the standard mario karts because i need the better handling uh but no otherwise it's always bowser or roy those are my two go-tos absolutely yeah i love waluigi but fuck that wiggler card i fucking hate that thing uh all right and finally before we move on it's letter time it's letter time and i'm rummy who said it's pronounced i'm Rumi. well now that you've told me how to pronounce it I'll be motherfucked if I'm going to say it right. I'm rummy wrote in and said what's up Adam so I'm what you would call a late bloomer with the indie game world and I've been playing most of the popular titles as of late I'm loving the nostalgic feeling I get when playing them and I continue to crave for more my question to you is do you feel indie games are better than AAA titles or is there still some time for them to take the top spot I for one would love that AAA developers see what indie games have been doing I've been bringing to the table and step up their game no pun intended and making new games but I'm only one button on this world's controller and I'd love to hear what you think think take care. It's kind of a hot debate. Are indie games better than AAA games? Because the thing about it is like you're not wrong. Uh I'm Rummy. It it <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm Ruby. You're not wrong that like indie games certainly take a lot more chances than triple a's do i mean like you hear it from everybody right like so many triple a games are just the same games over and over and over again the open world or the third person playstation action games or the shooters or whatever the fuck but like i think something that needs to be taken into consideration is that indie games come at exponentially smaller budgets by and large than you know a spider-man 2 or a zelda tears of the kingdom or a uh you know, one of them other AAA games. And, and so when you're playing, like when you're playing with hundreds of millions of dollars in these big AAA titles, I think you have to play it safe to an extent because like you make a $400 million gamble on some brand new crazy IP or idea and it flops. Like you're fucked. You're never touching the industry again. Whereas you do it with an indie game and I'm not saying it won't hurt that studio, but you're not attached to a $400 million disaster. Um, I I've said it like I like both. I I genuinely like like I'll be honest. When you look at my games of the year for twenty twenty three, when I get down to my final five or six for my ballot, it's probably gonna be some sort of Resident Evil four, Z- Tears of the Kingdom, Spider Man two, Sea of Stars, probably Mario Wonder and Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Like off the top of my head. I would say that's probably my top six. I'd have to really think about it, but those are all probably safe bets. And that's five big AAA games, and then Sea of Stars. And I would sit here and argue that I enjoyed Sea of Stars as much, if not more, than any of those games. Um, but they had a smaller budget to work with, right? So it's—I I, do I think AAA games are. Do I think indie games are better than AAA games? Yes. In some, in some, they're both great in some aspects. Yes. It's like, what do you think is better, steak or? Ah, fuck. What compares to steak? Ah, pizza. What's better? Steak or pizza? And it's like, well, I like both. It kind of depends on my mood. I think the reason AAA games get more attention and stuff is because they've got those budgets behind them. And they're paying for the big advertising campaigns and stuff like that. And let's just be honest. More people play them. When you look at the best selling games of all time. It's like, it's grand. I know Minecraft probably started as an indie game, but whatever the fuck, like it's Minecraft and it's like GTA and Red Dead Redemption and the witch, like these big games that everybody knows, right? Mario Kart, Zelda. Most people, I guarantee you, if you were to walk down the street and ask a hundred random people, hey, do you know Grand Theft Auto? Or do you know Zelda? Or do you know Mario? Or, and they, most of them would be like, yes. If you were to like, hey, do you know Sea of Stars? Most of them don't. So I think that's why they get the attention And that's why they're winning most of the awards and stuff like that. But I absolutely think that indie games can go toe-to-toe. And I think if you're listening to this and you don't play a lot of indie games, I implore you, the next time you're looking for something to play, you can pick them up for pennies on the dollar compared to the big AAA games. And there's some of the best video games like Shovel Knight, The Messenger, Into the Breach, Slay Slay the Spire, Excuse Me, Hollow Knight, Sea of Stars. Some of the best video games I've ever played in my life. All indie games. So... Yes, I do think indie games are, are I think indie games are as good. It, it depends. So, show some more love to indie games. If I had time to do another gaming podcast, I would start an indie game exclusive show. I just I I don't. I do not have time to do a sixth show. But if I did, it'd be an indie show. All right. Good stuff. Thank you. I'm Ru- I'm Rumi, Rummy Rumi. And thank you to everybody that wrote in this week. We'll get to a few more of them on the Rambling Idiot next week in our Left Blowers section. But let's switch things up and get to our Smash hit segment, the official game show of Remember the Game Industries. It is Play One, Remake One, Erase One. <laughs> And a huge thank you to Classic Concentration from the NES for unknowingly providing us with the theme music for the show. The rules are simple. Every week, I give our listeners three retro video games. They can play one as it was released, remake one as a modern game, and the third is erased from time forever. And as always, there are no wrong answers, but there is a right one. We'll get to that in just a minute. This week, we're talking Psychonauts. So I went with three other OG Xbox games. We have Jet Set Radio Future, Ninja Gaiden, and Jade Empire. And 26% said they would play Ninja Gaiden, remake Jade Empire, and erase Jet Set Future. This one was nice and close. I like it when the, I I hate it when one option gets like 50% of the vote. I like it when it's just all kinds of, everyone's all over the map. That's this, mwah. So let's see what a few of you had to say here, and then I'll tell you what the right answer was. John C500 said, I've never played any of these, so I'm making these decisions based on the cover art. Play Jet Set, it looks cartoony and fun. Remake Ninja Gaiden, and erase Jade Empire. It's been a while since we had a good, uh, I don't know any of these, I'm just picking based on the cover art. Around here Remember the Game, we absolutely judge books. 100% based on the cover. So I like that logic. Westgen said, I'll play Ninja Gaiden. I've only ever played the NES one. I'll remake Jet Set Radio Future because it's one of my top games of all time and I'm already moist with anticipation that there's a sequel in the works, which leads Jade Empire to die. Never played it, never seen it, don't know anything about it. Maybe I'm missing out, but I guess I'll never know. That's... Sound logic all the way around. Plus a moist drop. I like that. Moist is not a bad word. I'm sorry if that bothers you. Crusty is an exponentially grosser word than moist. Uh, Chris sticks said play jet set radio i never have and it sounds like a fun game i just never had the chance uh, the first one is fun uh remake jade empire this game would be a perfect one to remake especially with the delay or potential cancellation of kotor as it's a similar style and with new mechanics and fighting styles it could really be a banger and then a race ninja Gaiden. the entire concept of this game was the challenge when it came out it was the only one of its kind so it held up back in the day with games like god of war and devil may cry essentially executing the formula even better i think this can be wiped i do wonder that i've always been intrigued by by ninja gaiden on the xbox i never played it but i do wonder if by today's standards it's just been uh, deemed uh expendable i i'm i that's a fair point uh tornado said play jade empire because i've never heard of it before so why not remake ninja gaiden because i like those games now and i want more erase jet set future because we'll still have Jet Set Radio, which is also being remade. And we got Hi-Fi Rush this year. So I'm okay losing Future. I, just, I, I hate to be that like, well, uh, actually. But I, do, I don't think Jet Set Radio is being remade. I think they're making a new one. But that is fair point. If you erase Jet Set Future, we do still have the OG. So I, I can get behind that. And Sally sells seashells by the seashore. See, I can nail tongue twisters. Just don't give me a hard word, a word more than three syllables to say. But hit me with some Peter Piper, picked a Peck of Pickle Peppers or Sally style Seashells by the seashore. I'll fucking crush that shit. How much wood would woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could wood, chuck, chuck wood? No problem. Just don't ask me to say big words. Anyway, Sally says, never played any of these. I'm playing Jet Set because I've heard good things. People say Sunset Overdrive drew from it so it can suffice as a remake. I know Ninja Gaiden is super hard and I'm too old for that so it could be trashed, which means Jade Empire gets the remake by default. Give it up the, the, the Most people race by default. Giving out the remake by default. That's bold. I'm going with 21% of you this week. The runner-up on the on the poll, as did Ascalon. 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 I think you're trying to get me to say Ascalon, and I won't say it. Because Cologne is not for asses. Anyway, as Cologne said, I would play Jet Set Future. Maybe it should be for asses. Anyways, I would play Jet Set Future because it looks fun and I've never played it. I would remake Jade Empire because I love that game and a remake would be amazing. Imagine if it looked as beautiful as Ghost of Tsushima when remade. Also, Adam, you really need to play this game. It's Kotor but with an Asian flair. That leaves a racing Ninja Gaiden. I've always been intrigued with Ninja Gaiden, but the supposed difficulty of these games has turned me off to the idea of ever playing one. Uh, fair enough. Yeah, I, uh, I would, uh, same order. I would play Jet Set Radio Future because I love the original game and this one's fucking lost forever and I want to play it, so I'll play it. I'll remake Jade Empire because I keep hearing it's awesome and let's be honest, most games from that era can use a facelift. So we're going to clean that one up and I'm going to erase Ninja Gaiden. And truth be told, I've always wanted to play the Xbox Ninja Gaiden. I even have it downloaded off Game Pass on my Xbox right now, but I think at this point it would just be a massive rage quit because tough games make me angry. And I don't want to hate Ninja Gaiden because I like Ninja Gaiden. So I'm going to erase it to save the friendship. Like when Jerry and Elaine banged. So anyways, Seinfeld, I get it. Anyways, uh, thank you everyone that wrote in this week as always. Here's what's going to happen. We're going to pause here. I need a drink of water. We're going to have a quick word from a sponsor, assuming I was able to uh, catch one. And then I'll tell you what I've been playing and we'll get into Psychonauts. We will be right back. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Podcasting's a weird job because I talk to you nerds all the time. Every day I tell you all about my life, the good and the bad, the ugly Alright, you're probably thinking to yourself, Adam, what have you been playing over the last seven days? Well, I will tell you. I've been playing Psychonauts, which I finished on, I don't remember when. Sunday, I think. But anyway, we're going to talk about that in a couple of minutes. I've been playing Portal 2, which I'm right at the end of, I think. And we're going to be reviewing that next week for the final Remember the Game of 2023. And just spoiler, ah, God, yeah, brilliant game. And I thought some of you were thinking I was going to drop a choking on my own rage here. no. The Portal games are just fucking brilliant. Everyone should play them. I've been playing Batman Arkham Asylum to get ready for an episode of the show in the early new year over on Twitch. And I've been playing Star Wars Jedi Survivor. I would really, I, I should be done it by now. But I've been so busy trying to finish games for the podcast that unfortunately Jedi Survivor has just been bumped down the line. But I'm hoping to finish it over the holidays. So let's talk Psychonauts. That's why you're here, right? We finally made it. I like to let uh, our listeners sound off on the game we're covering before my guests and I hogged the old microphones, So let's see what some of you had to say. Stupid Monkey So this game had been on my Wanna Playlist for a while and I decided to bite the bullet when it won the Patreon poll. And the PSN had it up for $6 Canadian. So about 48 cents US. The premise was suitably wacky. The voice acting and humor was hilarious. The puzzles were clever. The platforming though... Eh, fuck early 3D platforming. Especially the difficulty spike on that last level. Still, I managed to collect everything except all the figments in each level. Lungfish and Milkman levels were easily the best in the game. Uh, I will agree with the, the Milkman level and the difficulty spike at the end. Fuck me. Uh, and actually that lungfish level is pretty good too Foz said I got sick with COVID a year ago and I decided to try this on Game Pass while I was stuck at home after I got over its age and jankiness I was glued to my TV easily one of the most creative games I've ever played the platforming aspects are a fair challenge and the dialogue is hilarious I recommend any gamer to give this quirky hidden gem a try although it's dying for a remake to clean it up I agree I also am begging everyone to give this game a chance as you're about to hear Piss Out My Ass said this is another game I watched my friend's play growing up and I always wanted to try it. I finally got a chance thanks to Game Pass and it was as fun as I hoped. A really, really fun 3D platformer with a lot of cool abilities to play around with. The levels are super creative and I love boss battles that are something I need to figure out a method for rather than just bullet sponges that take forever to kill. My only gripe with this game is that I'm still stuck on that goddamn meat circus time part but I'm getting better at getting on that spiral rail so I think I'm going to complete it soon. That fucking meat circus at the end of the game. We're going to rant all about it. It's tough as shit. One of the hardest last levels like, I've ever fucking played. Uh, Adam hasn't reviewed Buck Bumble. <laughs> I I can't say as I have. Uh, said, what a game. Unique characters and a variety of interesting levels and powers. Collectibles were a pain, but the game still holds up today. Double Fine makes some great games. Brutal Legends comes to mind. People keep bringing up this Brutal Legends game. I'm going to have to look this one up because I don't know anything about it. People keep referencing it. And Juicy Jeff... Said, absolutely love this game besides that fucking circus level. Long live the milkman conspiracy. I agree. The milkman conspiracy is mwah. And the fucking circus level is blah. And it's time for us to talk about it. I am going to cue up some music. And when it stops, my buddy Patrick and I are going to review Psychonauts, which originally released on the Xbox on April 19th, 2005. Enjoy the podcast, everybody. Let's go. All right, so joining me via the blank phone this week to talk Psychonauts is a guy, I gotta say, buddy, normally you're the horror guy or the Game Boy guy, and this is like as far away, it's a little scary, I guess. It's certainly not a Game Boy game. It's my buddy, Patrick. Patrick, how have you been, man? How's life?
1: I'm good. I feel like this game fits within like, you know, uh, the horror. there's some horror aspects to it, uh, but it's just like... One of those weird, strange games that uh, nothing like it exists.
0: No, nothing like this game exists. It's funny because I just went, I was just going back through the podcast backlog before we started recording just to see it. I was like, what were the last couple of games that you were on for? And they were Silent Hill, which is horror, and Ninja Turtles 3 Radical Rescue on the Game Boy, which is gay boy. And I'm like, so the themes stay consistent, but then for some reason we're just going to toss Psychonauts into the middle of it. And the thing about it is, like, like, it's certainly not a Game Boy game, but I'll, I'll agree with you there's some horror aspects. That fish is fucking terrifying. And, yeah. and, and I, the Milkman level.
1: Uh, I think this game actually was one when you first started the podcast and you were getting like a list of games we want to talk to. I think this was a game that I put on that list originally.
0: I think it was, yeah. Might this... have
1: been like a day one game where I'm like, if you're ever talking psychonauts, like, this is a game I'd like to talk about.
0: Yeah. And it's funny because this one has been on my, my personal backlog for a long time. Because like when it came out in oh five on the original Xbox, I was like truth be told, I wasn't doing a ton of gaming back then and I was basically just using my Xbox for uh Tiger Woods, NHL, and Halo. Like I wasn't really playing anything else. And then once yeah. I got out of gaming, then I saw this one and I was like where in the fuck did this come from? And then when they released Psychonauts two, was it this year or last year?
1: Where yeah, it you? was recently. I think it was last year.
0: Yeah, that kind of reinvigorated my interest in this one. Um, fucking weird. We're gonna get into. It's a fucking weird game. Did you? I just wanted to quickly ask: Have you played Psychonauts two?
1: No, I haven't. Okay. I don't. Uh, I don't have a way to play any kind of next gen stuff. Oh, I'd okay. like to. But, uh, yeah, I've always I've always kind of felt like this is a game that really didn't need anything else. Like it. It existed by itself, and I always thought that was kind of fine. Yeah, I never played. There's like a there's a VR game as well that I wasn't aware of until just recently.
0: This dude, this game in VR would be a fucking trip. <laughs> That'd be fucking yeah. wild. Um, so yeah, I so if you've never played it, everybody, it's it's a we are gonna spoil stuff. It's a 20 year old game. It's we're you know that's how it works. Uh, if you haven't played it by now, you probably never go into. It's like a platformer. It was originally on Xbox. I didn't realize it. I guess it did get ported to PS2. After a that's, while, that's how
1: I played it. I played it as a PS2 game. Oh, really? Yeah, that's oh, where I played it.
0: I didn't know. I I uh, I genuinely thought this was just Xbox exclusive for a long time. Um, um,
1: it wasn't that long. I think it was like it was yeah, it was like an Xbox and Microsoft game, like a Windows game. And then I think it was like later that year in the summer, it came out for the PlayStation. Yeah, two. And that's because I had a friend who played on the Xbox and kept talking about it, and I had known like. Um, some of the other like double fine Tim Schafer games that I played when I was younger. Um, So I knew like I was going to like the, you know, the art style or, or the kind of theme of the game based on previous things he had done. And uh, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't until it came out on the PlayStation that I actually got to play it.
0: Right. And I, like, I rarely do, you know, History lessons and air quotes on this show or anything, but I I did do a little bit of reading about it because like that was one of the big points of the game. Everything I saw was like, oh, Tim Schaefer was involved, and I was like, I don't know who the fuck Tim Schafer is. So I I looked it up and like he did a lot of like the old point and click games.
1: Yeah, yeah, Grim Fandango is like the big one that I yeah Grim Fandango and Day of the Tentacle were like the two that um that I played that I knew like his his main so, from
0: before. So what in like what an odd. Transition from those classic point and click games to like a, yeah. a funky 3D platforming collectathon. Yeah. Like. Yeah. But but to his credit, like, it fucking hit. This is I'll tell you. I don't know if this would make my. Uh, well, I I'll, I I can sit here right now and say this wouldn't make like my 10 favorite platformers of all time list. It genuinely might make the 10 funniest games I've ever yeah. played list. Like. It's,
1: yeah. It's definitely like uh, one of the most interesting. Like we said, like right at the top, it's like there, I can't think of a game that's like this. No, like there isn't a game that that looks like this or or um, or like feels like this one at all. No, it, it exists like it's. It doesn't even feel like it, it's influenced by anything. It just feels like it was just created uh, in an insane fever dream and then just brought to life. It,
0: totally. Yes. That's yeah. Like it. It. it flagged, and you know what's really weird about it too is like. In 2023, Xbox needs some IPs. Like, they've got Gears, they've got Halo, they've got Forza, right? And then after that, they've got a whole bunch of IPs, like Fable and fucking Perfect Dark and all these that they're not really doing a lot with. And it's like, you can, they could use... I know we just got Psychonauts 2 after all that time, and I assume maybe part of the problem is that this one didn't sell through the roof like it, they were hoping it would, yeah. I assume. But, like, I, I'm playing through this game, and I'm like, how have we not gotten more... Like, how is this not Xbox's Ratchet & Clank? You know, or, like, yeah, something like right. that. Yeah. I just... Yeah. it's Because it's a really... It's a fucking creative game. Like, right off the top, like... So, if you've never played it, you basically control this little kid, Raz, Razputin, who's got, like, psychic abilities, who runs away from the circus and goes to a summer camp where they help people with psychic abilities. And then, like, that's where the game starts, is, like, is Raz breaking into this f- freaky psycho kinetic sci- fucking summer camp thing but like even right out of the gate when you first start the game up the menu selection is raz standing on top of a giant brain yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, I'll, and i gotta say every fucking time i fired this game up i ran the wa- the wrong way on the brain and had to go the whole way around every oh. fucking time oh oh my god um and then it gets going and like and i and i i was i was quite impressed with like the voice acting and stuff right out of the gate. Cause there's all these weird kids with these like psychic abilities and some of them are nice and some of them are bullies. And then there's that one, that one kid that reminds me of Ralph Wiggum. I can't remember his name now.
1: Uh, is it, uh, Dogan?
0: Yeah. Dogen. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Was-
0: and, uh, yeah. like even right, just right out of the gate, I'm like, man, this is like, you got my attention. It's, it's, I genuinely think the cutscenes alone are worth watching in this game they're really yeah funny. and like
1: the, the, to speak like this while you're touching on like kind of the characters and the voice just having um richard steven harvins is uh like his uh his voice that voice actor so iconic right the guy who voices raz that's like a huge draw for that game so like uh like invader zim or like um angry beavers he plays daggett like those are like huge things for me as a kid so to like hear that voice in another character i mean he's done a million other things but there's just some, like, big iconic stuff. As soon as you hear his voice, you recognize it instantly, and it just kind of makes for, like, a much more enjoyable trip through the whole game, having this character with his voice that you, you know.
0: Totally. Yeah, he... I, I'm looking at his filmography right now. I didn't realize he was the voice of Alpha 5 on Power Rangers. Yeah. yeah what? Power Rangers, yeah. That's yeah. wild. He was uh,
1: the, the... I think it's the main character from... Uh, Destroy All Humans Or one of the One of the characters From Destroy All Humans Yeah
0: He's got a great Fucking resume Holy shit He's
1: he's in like everything Yeah yeah. Jesus And like instantly identifiable voice Even when he's not doing that Like dim Daggot Like yelling voice Even when he's just doing His kind of talking voice It's just super iconic
0: Yeah And and his Like I, I rarely Spend this much time Like focusing on a voice Performance in a game But like His performance As Raz in this game Is Is fucking Spectacular yeah. Like it's, it's, he's not just, cause you got to remember too, like for some of our younger listeners, this was voice acting was still kind of novel. Like this is the Xbox PS2 era, right? Remember final fantasy 10 was like the first voiced final fantasy game. Like yeah. that was a big deal. And
1: yeah, there's a lot of games that didn't have uh, this amount of voice acting.
0: No. Yet. And like, and like just listening to like when he needs to be, uh, like kind of like gentle and sweet and like, concerned for somebody than he is when he needs to get a little bit angrier, he does, when he needs to stand up to the bullies when he does, when he he comes across as very, because he is genuinely excited to be at this camp and getting to learn about how to use his psychic powers, but he's still just a kid, and that comes through, like,
1: there's still, yeah, there's still, like, a, obviously, like, dark undertone as to why he ran away from, from home, and, yeah yeah you know, it's, like, extremely motivated to become a psychonaut
0: yeah in the span
1: of, 2 days before his parents come to pick
0: him up. Yeah, cuz if you have not played it, yeah, he runs away from the circus to go to this summer camp and yeah, they and they say like we can't have you here. We we have to call your parents. But he gets to hang around for a couple of days and then he gets to start going through the exercises and then pretty quick I think everybody starts to realize you know, this kid is this is like the Connor McDavid of fucking psychokinetic powers or whatever the fuck. Like he's he's got some game. And, and most of the levels, like, the main hub is the summer camp. And then most of the actual levels themselves are you actually going into people's brains and going through these, like, funky mind levels. And it, you said it off the top, dude. This game, you swear that they, like, this was like a fever dream or they took a bunch of mushrooms or something and just came up with this fucking idea. But it actually works really well. Like, the... Like, listen, I love Mario. Everybody loves Mario. But like, when you play a Mario game and you go from like Peach's castle to like the desert world to the ice world, we all just kind of accept that. Like, no, he jumped into the painting and now he's in the winter. That that makes sense. In this one, that you're actually going into these people's minds, and then like, like you go into that the main like the main general guy's mind, and his his mind is like an old like war scene. And you go into the the one woman's mind, and her her brain is like a fucking dance party, and like. All these levels are totally random and weird, but they all completely make sense too.
1: Yeah, and- you get like this, this nice, like, um, kind of like varied gameplay because each each mind is its own kind of themed world. So even though you're, you know, the idea of like the the telekinetic powers and everything, and like the platforming all stays the same, the environment is completely different. Yeah, these kind of uh you know, collectibles and unlockables and stuff that you side things you can do, but then like the actual platforming and, and theme level is completely different. Yeah, uh, from mind to mind and character to character.
0: Yeah, totally. And like, and I really appreciated that that they just had a reason to be going to all these weird areas. I, I it's a minor thing, but I quite enjoyed that. Um, I think the levels are some are better than others. We can definitely get into yeah. the best and worst because there's one yeah, that yeah. makes me so fucking angry, and we'll and we'll get there. But uh one thing that surprised me was out of the out of the gate when you uh because you go through that first level where you do the the training and the the general or whatever the fuck his name is uh his mind
1: yeah, the basic brain
0: yeah yeah and uh right away i was i was intrigued because i love platformers i love them and i'm playing through this this game and like there's these collectible hollow i don't know what you'd call them
1: the, um the figments
0: yeah that that's the word see this is that's why I bring friends that are smarter than me on the show. <laughs> the, I was going to call them the holograms, which they are not. The figments. Yes. There's like all these little like these just like these little like sketched images just kind of floating in the air. And you, they're basically like your coins and like you pick them up as you go. And yeah. when you collect enough, you level up your psychic powers by one. And every time you grow 10 levels, you gain a new ability or or something levels up. But what I actually thought was really funny, it wasn't those. It was the, the emotional baggage. I thought that was one yeah. of the funniest yeah. collectibles I'd ever seen. Yeah. Um, yeah,
1: you, like something it just it just makes sense. Like when you, because uh, I remember when I was playing it, and my wife was like, "What? What are these like crying suitcases?" And like, "It's emotional bag." Yeah, I was like oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, like a track.
0: Yeah, and, right. It's so even because like that general guy's like, "Hey, we all have it, you know? Like it's it's fine." Yeah, and yeah, you never played it in everyone's in everyone's brain. There's a few like there's like a hat bag, a purse, like a suitcase. There's these like and they're and they're just crying. They're like living suitcases that are crying. And you need to find their tags somewhere else in the world, and then you can go back and collect them. And every one of them you collect, you level up one more level of your your therapy. And then you can also like once you have enough money to buy the the cob dust or the cobweb dust, you can suck up the cobwebs. And um, it, it is very like i I'll, I'll ask you this. Like I'll be honest. Like I did beat it. I did not come anywhere close to 100%ing it. Have you ever gotten all the collectibles? There's a lot of them. No. No. Like and and the problem is and and it's it's not a problem, but a lot of games do this. You like in the very first level when you're in the general's brain, you see the cobwebs, but you don't have the cobweb duster to suck them up yet.
1: Yeah, you go you go quite a ways before you are even able to buy that thing. You have yeah. to go back to a bunch of levels to, to get them.
0: Yeah, so if you want to go 100%, you need to like there's a ton of backtracking. And truth be told, Meg, when I beat it, I just was like, I don't, I mean, first of all, the final level made me fucking crazy, but also I just yeah. was like, I don't really feel the need to go back and get the rest of these collectibles. Whereas no, if I no. could have gotten them all right out of the gate, I think I might have.
1: Cause realistically, like if you're, if we're talking like the the mental cobwebs, those are just to get um, more side cards to, to advance for more levels. And all that's going to do is just unlock stronger abilities. So, I mean, at the point where you're going back to collect those, you've already beaten the game. You you don't really, you haven't unlocked like up to level 99 or 100 or however far it goes, um, you don't need those abilities.
0: No. To finish the game. No, I, I didn't find it. Like honestly, uh, and we'll get into the abilities in a minute. The abilities are cool. I didn't use about half of the abilities. Like unless I had to. Yeah. There was like yeah, three. That was
1: something I had, had made note of too. Was you, you, you get these new abilities, but it feels like, they kind of force you into using them in that particular level.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, specifically like like the clairvoyance where you can see through other people's eyes. You really only use that in that level that you get it. And then like the um, the confusion grenades, you really only use those the time that you actually you need them to defeat the, the four bosses in that particular level. Yeah. And they kind of force your hand into it. But then the rest of the game you're using like the, the telekinesis, the levitation, the the side blast and like the pyro uh, kinetics when you need it.
0: Yeah, like or the,
1: the pyro
0: Yeah, the rest of them are, are like it's a great concept. I like if you again, if you've never played it, it's cuz he's at summer camp. What's really cool is as you go through the game, you basically get like merit badges. Like you'd get at boy scouts, but instead of getting them for like pottery or sewing or whatever the fuck, like 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 Patrick said, you'll get one where you can you can light things on fire. You get one where you can uh shoot Lasers out of your, you can get one where you levitate, like and stuff like that. And it's, I when I started playing through it, I'm like, this is sick because I was wondering if it was going to have like some Metroidvania to it. Whereas I get these abilities, I can go back and go to these new areas and stuff. But it really didn't have a lot of that. It just gave me new abilities, no. and then I had to use them in that level. And
1: yeah, it's pretty much yeah. And then and then they don't really utilize it that much later on.
0: No, and it's not so much a criticism because I did genuinely like the game. Like it's going to get a good score for me at the end, but. I, I do think it, like, if you're going to make me backtrack to do all the collectibles anyways with, like, the cobweb duster and stuff, it would have been cool if it was like, oh, now that you can levitate, there's, like, all new areas of the levels you can get. You know, like, classic Metroidvania-type yeah. stuff. Right, Um yeah. Minor thing, but I just, it would have given me more incentive to go back. Because otherwise, I'm like, I'm literally just going back to collect collectibles to level up the abilities I have that I don't really all use all that much to begin with.
1: Yeah, so, I've never, I've never gone through and played it after, like, finishing it Yeah. continuing the like like, once, same
0: game. And, I don't know about you, buddy, but I'll just say it right now. That fucking final level, I was like, you, it's going to be a long, yeah. I like Psychonauts, but that final level said it's going to be a long time before I play this fucking game again.
1: Yeah, and that's how, like, uh, like replaying it for this, it kind of, like, I really enjoyed the whole game up until you kind of get to, like, the tower aspect, Yeah. like, after the asylum. Uh, and do the tower and like the the meat circuit, like all of it just like it stops being fun. It, it feels like it just it really feels like it pulls too much away from what you're doing. Yeah, and it really focuses and, like switches onto this whole thing of like now you're dealing with raz's uh mental issues and and the coaches combined, and it doesn't really make sense. And like the level, like the meat circus looks awesome, like it looks crazy that like the platforms being big snakes and stuff. Yeah, but it's so frustrating. It and is just like one boss fight after the other and it just it stops like being enjoyable you're right and because then there's like there's that voice that keeps calling out to you and like the the aspect with the kid and the rabbit oh. just continuously crying getting hammered on and it just, like it's just too like it's just too much being thrown at once and yeah it, it just feels like it stops being fun well
0: and like and you brought up the, the point that like when you're going through the first say 70% of the game it's it's every level feels like there's a reason for it to be there like you're in the general's mind yeah. and it's like a war zone you're in what's her name's mind and it's like a dance party you're in uh Sasha's mind and like you're in all these and like and all of them make yeah. sense and they all have these different themes and they're cool and it's and then and then at the end of the game it's almost like they like like you said when you get to the you have to climb this giant this fucking tower that goes for the towers
1: so aggravating ever because there's there's no there's no I feel like they put the pink light bulbs to show you where to go, but there doesn't feel like there's a clear path on a lot of them. Yeah, so a lot of them you're kind of making stuff up by jumping and floating to areas that I'm like, I'm not even sure if this is how I'm supposed to get there, but I just barely made it to this platform to keep going.
0: Totally, and like you know when you play a game, and and like I always like even in modern games you play like an Uncharted or something like that now, and They they're like, oh, there's yellow spray paint on all the ledges you need to grab. Or something to like
1: the the sun is illuminating this path a little bit more.
0: Yeah, and it kind of it takes you out of the immersion a little bit, but it's also like, well, that's the trade-off for you not just running around blind and aimlessly forever. And in psychonauts, they don't really do a lot of that. And in the levels, it's it's more than not, it's okay. But when you're climbing, like if you've never played it, at the end of the game, you have to climb this massive, massive fucking tower. It goes for Ever. And like Patrick said There's so many instances <laughs> Where you literally Like you're like I I don't see a way So you kind of Just get on the levitate ball Shoot yourself up in the air Glide and hope you catch something
1: Yeah You know Sometimes I fell through Back to the beginning Yeah And like some of the parts Where they have those stupid mats Coming at you all the time That was very frustrating for me
0: Oh fuck Those ones that explode Or whatever the fuck
1: The ones that explode oh. With the confusion grenade. Yeah. so
0: frustrating and then you get to the, and then when you finally get to the top of this tower you do this quick like puzzle solving thing where you need to save a turtle from the crazy dentist guy who's been pulling everybody's brains out and stuff but then you have to go into this like like patrick said the whole let's just get the bitching out of the way because i want to then after the break we can get yeah, into the rest right. of the happy stuff yeah. you go to this whole final level that's this fucking it's a giant circus made of meat and it's a combination of your memories and the general guy's memories. And the general's like a little kid chasing these bunnies around the circus. And you basically have to like use your, your, uh, your telekinesis power to pick up the bunnies and hold them in midair so the little kid can run up and get them. But then every time he gets a bunny, his little propeller hat takes off and he flies further up into the circus where enemies are attacking him. And then it's on you to figure out a way to climb up to him and get up, catch the bunny for him to do it again and again. And I, dude, I got stuck on that fucking meat circus for like three days. I almost, I almost rage quit the game. Because yeah, it's the, the platforming works when you're in a big open world where you can't really fall down. But when you get yeah. yourself into these tight little areas where you're trying to walk tight ropes or God forbid those fucking guys that throw the knives you have to move out of the way yeah. to get them stuck in yeah. the wheel. And it's so precise and I don't think it controls well enough to be that precise of a platformer.
1: Yeah, that's that's like the one big negative of like the platforming in this in this game is it's it feels tight, but it, it is like there's a, a scope to that where it is like it's open. You can kind of see everything you kind of take your time when it becomes like quick and tight like trying to get onto some of those ropes or like jumping from um like when you're they have a mechanic where you jump onto a bar and you swing and you build momentum and swing to the next one i've found myself on some of these like just overshooting things or not being really clear on which one i'm supposed to jump to next yeah and like a lot of times i'd run, i'd run, move towards a tightrope and i just walk right off the platform oh
0: and connect to the, the yes the tight rope. oh fuck me
1: and that was frustrating
0: it's so frustrating <laughs> and it's and then, like, and then to top it all off, while you're trying to climb up there, you have that stupid kid and his stupid yeah. voice, like, Christ
1: ow, and wailed on ow! And he's losing ow. Yeah.
0: And I'm like, just fucking kill him. I don't care. Like, I don't care. I don't need him. I don't care. But, oh, my God. And then you finally get to the top of that stupid circus, and then you have to fight his dad, the butcher, which is okay. And then uh, the evil version of your dad shows up. And then you have to fucking go back down to the ground and climb up the goddamn circus again with the water coming up underneath you. And that was where I really got stuck. Because he's throwing his fucking little fireballs at you the whole time. And I don't even know how you're supposed to dodge them while you're trying to jump from one rope to another rope. Fuck. Fuck. Oh my god, I was getting so... I was like, I have not raged at a game like that in a long time. Like, it was yeah. controller throwing, <laughs> table punching, Molly left, fuck this, I was, and it sucked because I'd had so much fun with the game up until that point. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, it feels like a weird, uh, it feels like a weird rush thing where they just didn't really have anything else, and they're like, well, what about this? And they, it just, it didn't feel as thought out as, as the rest of the game. No, but You felt like, it kind of makes sense, like, with the exception of like when you do the the lungfish and you go into the lungfish's mind and it's like the Godzilla thing that's really fun
0: yeah. and i
1: like the like the aspect of like the the human is the monster and the lungfish feels like it's the victim and like even that kind of makes sense but they do it through the lens of like a godzilla kind of spoof which is really fun and yeah. everything kind of feels like it has a purpose or a thought of yeah and then the other one just like like let's just toss these two things together oh. and make it aggravating
0: and then like, and then when you finally get to the top of it the second time, you fight the butcher and your dad combined, and yeah. it's actually like a super easy fight. It was like yeah. I just had to get to the fucking top of this goddamn tower twice. So you basically have to climb to three have, like, times. power. Yeah. Um, energy. Yeah. Thing.
1: Because you need and to you just go invisible while you wait for it to recharge and then use it again.
0: Yeah, and it's super basic because you basically have to climb the meat circus twice, and you have to climb that fucking giant tower to get up to it. And it was just like you said, the last like 15, 20% of the game uh, makes me not want to play it anymore. When I had so much fun for most of the rest of it. Uh, So I I am going to complain about that. And I think a lot of it is just the controls aren't super tight for the platforming. And like you said, you get all these psychic powers like, at the end of the game, you've got, like, a roulette wheel of, like, eight or nine. I think it's eight powers, and you can set three of them to, to quick keys anytime you want. But, like, I don't know about you. I spent the entire game with my with my shooting one or whatever you want to call it on my right trigger and then levitate yeah. on my left bumper, and then I would rotate out the third one to whatever I needed in that situation.
1: Yeah, yeah, usually, the, uh, yeah. And it, the invisibility sometimes or the, uh, like the pyrokinesis if you needed to light stuff on fire. Yeah. But it just well, like very rarely like you have the shield ability I very rarely use the shield ability other than the times where it was like necessary. No,
0: same here cuz it just wasn't like truth be told it like gets really from a it'll kill you standpoint it's really not that hard of a game. It's yeah. it's trying to solve some of the puzzles and trying to master some of that platforming. And even when the platforming, at least to its credit when you fall, you don't die. You lose like two health and go back up and try again. It takes forever to yeah. actually lose a life.
1: And you get a lot, you get a lot of chances with like the psychic levels. So like the lives that you have per life, per like world or whatever, Yeah. You, you lose the level and then you'll get kicked out of the brain or out of their mind. And then you go back, you'll go back to like whatever the big checkpoint was that you were there and start with the full, like I only got kicked out of a mind one time and it was the, um, the theater one. Oh. Uh, just because of like, the platforming on those uh, up in the rafts, which is very yeah.
0: aggravating. Yeah. On that note, because uh, we're getting the negative out of the way now, I have to say, outside of the end of the game, the meat circus, the climbing the tower, all that, outside of all that, that theater level where you're basically in like these plays and you need to find alternative scripts and give them to the stage director and change the lighting and stuff to make the play run differently, to solve the puzzle, to get the play to work. That was so far and away. My least favorite level in the game. That happened to be the yeah. one I streamed yeah. was that level. Yeah. And I yeah. was like telling everyone the rest of the game is not half as frustrating yeah. as this fucking yeah. level is.
1: Cause yeah. but, I had forgotten about it until I came back to play it. And I, I, as I got to that character, I remembered that was the level, and I just skipped that one and did the other two in the Asylum first, and I like, got that one last, because I'm like, I know this is like my least favorite of like, my world.
0: Like, I get the concept. It's cool. It, I think the idea of it is kind of neat, but it's just, like, I'm here to play like an action platformer. There's hardly any, even any platforming until the end, where you have to go up to the trapeze area. Yeah. You're basically yeah. just guessing plays until you find the combination that works. <laughs> yeah. Ah, fuck me. It was tedious. Um. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there was any other levels because then we're going to cut to a break and then when we come back, we'll do the positive. So I'm trying to think if there's any other levels I want to complain about. I don't think there's any other levels I hate. Is there any other levels you hate? Like, I don't think there was for me.
1: No, everything everything else is really good. Um,
0: the, only, yeah. the only other complaint I think I have is uh, I found it a little bit annoying that I had to grind for so long to find enough money to buy the stupid cobweb duster. But, yeah, but that was minor. That was minor.
1: If you buy the um the whatever the the rod like is, like the is,
0: metal detector uh, to find them, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, that's sped you, it you up. find that if you if you dedicate time to finding the hidden like uh, deposits of arrowheads, you'll get money pretty quickly mm-hmm. that way. And all you have to do is just go. To, you just have to dedicate like an hour to going to each area you've already been to in the camp and find all the deposits, and then you have a good chunk of money pretty quick yeah right? like it wasn't from there by the next level you, you get enough to, to buy it
0: yeah minor complaint. but even
1: though, i didn't find it really that necessary like once i started collecting them i rarely went back to trade them in for for more um
0: same more same and actually
1: if you level up collecting figments any anyway,
0: yeah and that was my other minor complaint was that like unless i missed it so by the near the end of the game, you find out that all the kids in camp have had their brains removed. And so as you're playing through levels, you can find their brains in jars. And then if you take the brains back to the old man, he'll use them to uh, increase your your life bar, your your life meter. But I was like saving them up because I didn't want to have to redo that tower, and I didn't know if I could fast travel to the top of the tower. So I was like, well I'll go cash these in later. And then it just it, at one point it just like auto saves, and then it's like, oh now you can't get back to the camp to cash these in. Oh, no. and it was a minor thing but i was like ah oh, you should have like you know how most games have that pop-up and be like hey from here on out it's locked in are you sure you're good right i just wish it right. had done that because i ended up finishing the game with like a half a dozen brains and like three or four side core things or whatever the fuck they're called all just yeah. in my backpack because i never went and cashed them in
1: yeah i mean you're right to, to question the power because you can like you'll you can travel back to um Agent crawler's lab, and and give them, and then he'll bring you back to the field. But it's usually to the beginning of that that level of that area. That you're yeah. It would have been right the start of that. That's the time to do it. Would have been yeah, right before you basically finish the um, all the three characters in the in the asylum.
0: Right. Which just I don't know. It just seemed like an odd decision to me that they wouldn't be like, yeah. hey. Go, through just shit you now, but minor, minor thing, didn't matter, because at the end of the day, you don't really need all the health anyway. It didn't really affect me all that much, so didn't matter. Um, okay, are we done? Are you done? I have nothing else to complain about. I think I'm good. Yeah, I like to talk about the
1: stuff. I like. Yeah, me too. Okay,
0: let's let's let a sponsor get in here and help me keep the bills on, and then we'll come back and there's a lot of good to this game. I promise. So we'll, we'll get into that in like two seconds. CrashPlan has you covered. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash RTG for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash RTG for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. All right, dude, right out of the gate. Uh, let me just ask you, favorite favorite levels? Because I have two that stand out to me.
1: Yeah, I really, we talked about this before. So, the mentioning the lungfish one, I really liked that one with the uh, like the Godzilla kind of aspect. It was kind of like um, uh, Rampage esque kind of style of like destroying all the buildings and
0: stuff. Yeah.
1: And just even like the music had made very subtle like Godzilla themed tones and stuff. I'm a big Godzilla fan. Mm -hmm. So, it was like I really enjoyed that kind of the, the, um, parody that they did of that um, but the other one i really enjoyed was the one in uh in boyd like the milkman um, yes. stuff right before the asylum yeah and it's like that weird distorted kind of like 1960s suburban uh like spy versus spy kind of thing happening like espionage thing and it also alludes to like the the kind of old and click adventures that that um tim schaefer would have done before with the whole aspect of you get an item and you have to present that to the character to be able to advance through these different aspects of it. So oh, that was yeah. like a really, fun, a really fun kind of thing.
0: I never I never put that together with the point and click thing cuz I I agree. Yeah, I the milkman like cool, level kind of
1: callback Yeah. Past.
0: That that if you've never played it, that milkman level is is the coolest level in the game cuz like yeah, and they're so cool. funny cuz you come across them and they're so stupid but like there, there's there's like, fuck. what do they say at one point they're like standing around a sewer drain and you need to find a plunger to convince them yeah. that yeah. you're a plumber and you they come up and yeah. they're like i do a job that isn't considered very enjoyable by many <laughs> yeah. but it's necessary for our society to function or something like yeah. that and it yeah. fucking made me laugh i uh yeah. i really enjoyed that level as well and i liked that i thought that level was the perfect combination of like a little bit of platforming and collecting with a lot of puzzles to it yeah like,
1: i, I felt like that level kind of encompasses like the theme of the of the game that kind of feels like that might have been like the founding idea of what interests um tim Schaefer into making the game almost yes. like it feels like that's kind of like the pinnacle of like this is what all of this is going into somebody's mind exploring yeah a concept in their mind Ye- and and the, like the rest of it kind of felt not built around that but that it just kind of felt like this is the perfect pinnacle of what this game is totally i like weird the world is weird and it's got this, like, it's humorous and it's strange. And there's this thing with, like, the milkman, like, the kind of Girl Scout um, characters. And, like, none of it really makes sense as to why it's all happening. But uh, it feels very fun and enjoyable to go through.
0: Totally. I, I, I particularly love the one part where you knock on the one Girl Scout's door and she's like, I hope it's not that creepy guy again. And then after a couple of times you realize, like, oh, go invisible when she comes out, and then yeah. she can't see. And I and that's where like I just I wish they had done more of that. Like solve puzzles with your powers. Yeah. Because I thought that yeah. whole level was brilliant. And like, dude, in the in the hedge maze where you can see through the eyes of the crow to yeah. see how to keep yeah. that gate open and no, shit. Yeah.
1: Oh. Yeah.
0: And and then every time you fuck up, those milkmen guy catch you or those guards or the the the, the the secret the, service guys the spy, like the, yeah. and then they yeah. interrogate you it's fucking hilarious like yeah yeah i agree that that level that, was a high level,
1: point i really like the um the like the matador one as well in the Insane asylum the uh like the black velvet painter I, uh that one's really cool because it changes like the whole um like visual aspect of the game becomes like those like black like velvet painting yeah um, but it's got like a very like uh bullfighting kind of like uh mexican theme to it which is really fun
0: that i i thought that level was clever because when you're in the alley and like did you ever play earthbound you seem like an earthbound guy no 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 really oh man yeah that seems like such that's right up your alley i think but there's a part in earthbound where you go to this like reverse town where everything is black and neonish and that's what it reminded me of um okay, cool. but I, what I liked about that level was the I, the idea that like you have to basically figure out how to get through the level without just walking down the alley because that bull keeps charging down. Yeah. There was just there was a couple of moments
1: that's like some really good platforming for that.
0: There there is. I just I ran into a few moments where I couldn't figure out like where the fuck I had to go, but mm-hmm. it never took away from it. I thought that level was I thought that's the best-looking level in the game.
1: Yeah. For sure. Yeah, it's really fun and then like the whole aspect of like you're trying to collect the four um uh
0: the four queens cards yeah, that yeah. are the
1: the queens of yeah, the, the different suits, and each one is like uh, a, a luchador fight, and uh, and like those are those are really cool. I thought those were really fun, even though it's the same fight, maybe they kind of change up the, yeah. the special attack that the character has. And yeah. I like that they're like the queen of hearts, but it's like this big, burly like luchador guy that you're
0: Totally. With. I like that. And then I like the boss fight, how the first half of the fight, you fight the bull and then realize the bull is the painter. Yeah. So then.
1: And that's, that's where it's like, that's, that's the really fun part of like in someone's mind. And they explore the concept of like this emotional trauma and damage where it's like, he's thinking it's about this bullfighter, but it's really about, um, how he was embarrassed and, and his girlfriend got stolen in, in high school. Yeah. And how he, he, like believed they took everything from him. But in his mind it's like this woman's crying and he has to get to her but then he gets there and realizes like oh uh it's just uh she's upset because he won't let her go even though like this is what happened in high school and he's embarrassed
0: about it yeah and it was a really cool boss fight because you spend the first half of the fight fighting the bull and throwing those javelins or whatever the fuck they are into it and then you realize that the bull fighter is the is the enemy and so then you need to then you actually need to like pull the javelins out of the bull and throw them at the fighter to protect the bull yes. who is this guy. Yeah. I, I, I thought that whole area was just clever as shit. Um, I also really, really, really enjoyed the Napoleon board game yeah. level. Yeah.
1: The board game's great. Um,
0: yeah. minimal platforming. That isn't, that is just straight up. You like basically you, <laughs> one guy is like Napoleon's like great, 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 great grandson or something. And they're playing this game that kind of right. looks like, Bonaparte. yes. Yeah. And, uh, and they're basically playing, like, a Settlers of Catan game. And you have to shrink down in the game and use Frank Bonaparte's game pieces, which are basically collected by helping people in the town to take on Napoleon Bonaparte's game pieces. And uh, as a board game junkie, I thought that was a fucking... I thought that was yeah. a brilliant level, actually.
1: I love the, like... Uh... The, like minimizing and maximizing of like you can go down into the into the little parts of the level, play the level, and then you could jump back out to like the big board game part and move the pieces around. Yeah, yeah.
0: and then and then you it's could even stuff leave stuff the board me. altogether. Like there's one there's you have to like yeah, re- yeah
1: puzzles where you have to leave out a few times. Yeah, and, and go talk to him and like, do different things.
0: The the one townsperson that's like, why am I going to give my life for a guy that doesn't even care about me? And I was stuck yeah. there for a long time. And then I finally realized, yeah. like, leave the game, go talk to F- Bonaparte and get him to write a letter to this guy being like, hey, I appreciate your support. Now we'll come out fight I fight for you. I would,
1: yeah. What do they want? Uh, uh, a note saying I would care if they died on my own personal stationery? Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what they
0: want. <laughs> and you know what else I liked was um, when you got stuck in that game, I didn't realize it for way too long when you got stuck in the game, you could use the piece of bacon to call the old man to come out of your brain and talk to you. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And he gives some really useful help.
1: That's the best, like, uh, that's the best tool you have for, like, trying to figure stuff out because if you get stuck, you use that and he'll kind of tell you or give you a hint as to what the next part is. Yeah. That's where it's fun, where you get stuck in the thing where you do have to use powers. You can contact him and and he'll kind of give you a little hint that moves you forward. Yeah. Which is really
0: fun. On, On that note, too, like, uh, Raz is is spectacular voice acting. I think all the voice acting is good. That old mm-hmm. man fucking kills me sometimes.
1: Like, yeah, he's really good, he, and I love like the the like how he's every character uh, working the camp. Like he's all like he's the admiral at the boat house, and he's working the grill at the um, yeah at the at the main lodge and stuff. And you find out like he doesn't know that he's all those parts because of like some. Uh, some emotional damage or something that happened, some mental damage. He's this really strong, um, psychonaut, but he's so weak now that he can't leave. Like kind of professor X style. He has to stay in the base, but then he, he can leave, but he doesn't remember who he is. So he's working all these jobs, earnestly thinking he's all these
0: characters.
1: Yeah, That's super
0: fun. Yeah, it is. When you're in his base, he's like the brains of the whole camp. And then as soon as you leave his base, yeah, he's, he's just this like crazy feeble old man. And then, and like, and I love that. Like, I just just found it very funny that they were like, so how do you call on this guy when you need his help? And they're like, do you give him like a whistle or something? You just hold a piece of bacon near your ear and he'll come out of your ear. Like, Ooh, is that bacon I smell? And then he'll give you advice and Fucking hilarious. I I really liked that. Um, I I like the, uh, I like that, that general guy too. Um, At the very beginning of the game, when you're going around the camp, just collecting like the cards you find and stuff. I love and that you, you just
1: yell up the Yeah,
0: you climb up the, to the towers yeah. to the loudspeakers and if he's not talking, it like I it sounds like he's snoring or something, like he forgot to turn the yeah. mic off, but it kind of <laughs> sounds like he's like playing with himself. like oh yeah, all right. And that's all you hear to this. And I like, I just imagine all the kids in this camp looking up at the speaker like what the fuck's wrong with him? Uh I I thought they were both actually really entertaining characters. Um and then the bully, that fucking Bob what was Bobby his name? Bilge. Yeah. Bobby that that bully made me laugh too. He was pretty funny.
1: Yeah. All the characters are yeah so wildly created too. Like that's that's the fun aspect of like um like the 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 Tim Schafer world is like the art style. You see it in like uh like I mentioned Grim Bend Angle or the Tentacle. It's it's the same kind of thing It's like everything's so it feels like so uniquely. It's kind of like that like a Tim Burton thing. Like you 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 recognize Tim Burton's art style. Sure. It's the same with with uh tim schafer it's like you you see these characters you're like this is undoubtedly like his
0: his creation yeah absolutely um i really i really like lily too because uh i I love when she would like like classic like little kid has a crush on another kid so you kind of be mean to them and pick on them and she's like a total bully to raz but then like in her in her mind you hear her thoughts and she's like why won't he just kiss me already and then she's looking at raz and she's like Are you reading my thoughts? And Raz is just kind of like, "Yeah." (laughs) (laughs) And she gets all (laughs) that, like stuff like that. I just like that. That took like I'm I'm quite critical of Donkey Kong 64, and people get mad at me for it. But I'm like, I don't think it's that enjoyable of platformer, and I hate the massive collective on scope of it. This game took some of that stuff, but then added in all this humor and shit that offset it and made it fucking hilarious.
1: Yeah, like the. The other half of the game is just like there's a, a large amount of cutscenes and like and like just dialogue between the characters, but that's that's the whole fun of like the world and, and, and this, uh, this whole universe. Yeah, it like watching these characters interact and talk to each other.
0: Yeah, I I I like like to be honest with you, like from a from a from a pure platforming perspective, um, I think it's like a average game. Like I, I think other platformers from this era do platforming better than Psychonauts does, but where they, where they really set themselves apart is the creativity of the game, the creativity of the levels and the, and the humor. And I was like, I, as a platforming snob, I'm like, this wouldn't be my first choice to play just from a jump from this platform to this platform perspective. But I'm like, I, I found myself thoroughly entertained the whole time. Cause I just, it almost reminded, it's not nearly as funny as them, but it reminded me of the South Park RPGs. Where I was like I need to see what this stupid game is gonna throw at me next
1: um, yeah and I think that comes like it, it really encompasses that aspect of point-and click adventures where it's there is nothing but dialogue it's all it's all reading right it's all about the story yeah so they take all that stuff you would normally just be reading as text and now they've just they've acted it out and they've put these cutscenes and stuff and there's cut like even in the game like when you're playing there's constant dialogue and there are parts where they, you know, they limit it and something gets repeated over and over, but there's a lot of stuff where it's, it's, it's constantly throwing, like, fresh humor at you as a kind of, like, a, a sideline to what you're doing. Yeah. And that's, that's, like, where I think the game really shines in a lot of that aspect.
0: Yeah, agreed. And then just, like, adding in stuff, just the idea that it is a summer camp, and, you and like, and when you're not in one of the brain worlds, when you are out in the overworld, it does feel like a summer camp. There's, like, canoeing yeah. and crafts and... The, the cabins and all that kind of stuff uh it it's just very uh yeah very 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 creative game and i always i always use this stupid analogy of like developers have a pie to divide up amongst the different aspects of the game and i do think they took some of the 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 pie that they could have used for tightening up the controls and the cameras and maybe making the powers a little bit more useful and put it into the some of the art style and the cutscenes and the voice acting and the and the humor but i think that's what makes this Frankly, I think it's a better game the way it is than if they had really focused on the platforming and stuff and taken away from some of the creativity. I, I, I mean, like that yeah, would have been just another dime yeah. a dozen platformer.
1: Exactly, and that's like I mean, the first thing we said right off the top is like there isn't a game that looks like
0: it. no, like, there isn't
1: another game that that is like this, and that that's thanks to that focus on the the art and and like the the world and the universe and the characters, and it's almost like they're trying to tell this story first and then everything else is just support
0: that yeah agreed it was uh it's a very very clever game if you've never played it uh I, I i would really recommend it don't let our disdain for the the end of the game uh ruin it for you because the rest of the game yeah. leading up to it is really fun and worst case if you hit the or worst case if you hit the end and it's too tough and you're stuck and you're mad you can look up the ending of it in about five minutes and then be done. Yeah. Like if you have to rage quit, I almost did that. So if you need to, rage- I feel like what's that?
1: I feel like I feel like you should put a disclaimer for this episode that people should just listen to it in reverse, like all the good stuff first, then the bad stuff. Yeah, we shouldn't have talked about all the bad stuff in the beginning, but uh, no, no, I, it's uh, it, it's such a it's such a good like charming little game that like it's it's so hard to to describe like to somebody like to explain it to them sounds like you're an insane person. Yeah, it uh, does, but but to play it is like such an experience. And it's, it's one of those, like, it's kind of like almost like a hidden gem. Like, I'm, I don't know a lot of people that played this game. And then the fact that we got the sequel, like how many, like almost uh, more than 20 years. Almost 20, 20 years. years. Like,
0: yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: It, It's crazy. Like, I didn't think there was ever going to be a second one, even though it was like one of those things that like the people who love it, really love it. And I would have loved it. But at the same time, I was like, it, it exists in its own perfect little time capsule where it's, uh, it's so good, like it doesn't need
0: uh, a follow up. No, no question. It I, so I've I've always been interested in it just because I could I, I remember seeing ads for it in magazines and stuff like that. Um, when it won our Patreon poll a couple of months ago, I was a little bit shocked because I, I really was pretty
1: surprised. Yeah, yeah,
0: like I didn't think it had the fan base that it did. But the more I've read about it and and researched it and stuff, there is like this is this game is the fucking epitome of a cult classic. Like yeah undersold absolutely. back in the day but there are people that love this game now
1: absolutely like the people that 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 know it like really love it
0: yeah and uh
1: and then the people that, that just have it it's like people love it when they haven't played it, it kind of feels like totally and i was really surprised when it came up i was like man that's one of those games that i'm like i would love for that to win but there's no way like looking at the rest of the stuff i'm like i don't i don't know of enough people who like this game or have ever even heard of it for this to win and then when it did I was pretty pretty shocked.
0: I was too. Yeah. Like, if if those of you don't know, like this was on our Xbox, uh, Patreon poll, and I'm if I'm not mistaken, this one came down to Psychonauts and Star Wars Battlefront Two. And I thought Star Wars. Yeah. When would... I
1: saw that on there, I was like, for sure. Like, there's no way it's beating out Battlefront. II. No. Like, but just just like just any Star Wars game. I was like, there's gonna be way too many fans of, of any Star Wars game.
0: Totally. I I, I I was shocked as well, but I I was pleasantly surprised. I think. You know, I, I I say this on the show all the time, and it and I and I know it sounds like people are sick of hearing it, but I I really mean it. Some of these old games, and I this is an old game. It's eighteen years old. It's an old game. Some of these old games, like they, even if they're not as in, I don't want to say it's not playable because it's totally playable, but it was probably a lot more playable. 18 years ago than it is by today. It's like Mario 64. If you gave a kid today a Mario 64 cartridge and a 64 controller, they'd be like, what in the fuck? But, but, but back then it felt great. And I think the games from back then that really stand up are the games where you can just see that like video games are art and you can see when an artist really went yeah, all it, it, in on creating a piece of art instead of just a game that would sell.
1: It, it becomes like timeless in a sense. Like yeah. You can like playing this game. I haven't played this game in a long time and it, it exists in the time frame of like, I don't know what else was, I can't really think of what else was out at this time, but there's a, there's a lot of stuff when you go from like, in my experience the PlayStation to the PlayStation 2, where there are a lot of games, first person shooters and, and, um, and platforms, especially where they were trying to invent the perfect system for those games, perfect control scheme for those games. So some of them have some really weird, fucked up. Things were like, why would this be the button that I press to do that? Yeah, and this this game kind of exists in this time period where they've already figured it out, and everything feels like it makes sense. Like nothing really feels out of place or weird. Uh, like all all the buttons seem to correspond, like the attacking buttons and, and the jumping and everything. Um, they all seem to make sense. And so you play it, and you go like, there's no learning curves of this game because you already understand how to play a, a, you know a freeform sandbox uh, um, style game like this.
0: Absolutely, yeah, I agree with that um fuck what a what a what a cool like i said it it it, it's not gonna make my list of like my favorite platformers of all time definitely one of the most creative games i've ever played definitely one of the funniest games i've ever played i uh, it's on game pass so if you're listening to this and you have game pass uh give it a give it a chance i i quite enjoyed it i the end can be tough but but enjoy the enjoy the ride up to the end and then fucking figure the end out when you get there uh this
1: is one that it's it's fun that like you got to experience this for the first time where like we talked about before we started recording about how you've been watching a lot more movies and like cult classics and things that people are like blown away that you've never seen yeah and and saying like oh like i'm so excited you get to experience for the first time this is one of those games like if somebody listening hasn't played this game i hope that that us talking to about it it gets them to want to play it and look at it and give it a shot and experience this for the first time and hopefully they, they fall in love with it because it is such a it's such a unique experience of a game that you may it might have been in the same boat as you where they, they've heard about it or seen it but never actually took the jump into playing it and maybe even forgot about it completely but it might be one of those things that like oh fuck I can't believe i never played this game kind of thing it's so fun
0: yeah absolutely if I ever do uh, if I ever decide to do an episode about like my favorite cult classic games or I don't know if we've already done that if we have another one uh, I I I can't see a way this doesn't make the list. Like I, yeah. I'm I gotta play Psychonauts too now. Like I will play that. I'm I'm excited to try yeah, the sequel I love now. It, so, yeah. um, dude, we need to score this fucking thing. Um, I won't lie to you. I didn't think of it. Usually a scale comes to me as I'm playing or as I'm talking, and a scale didn't uh, didn't come to me this way. So I mean, if we want to,
1: we could. Uh, a, I got a scale. There's, oh good. Um, when you're playing the board game level, you collect all those snails, and I believe you collect 10, 10 snails, so you can do it out of 10 snails.
0: Perfect. That's I, I was going to be like, uh, it came out 18 years ago. We could do 18. That's a shit <laughs> fucking scale. I like that. And and we haven't done a scale out of 10 in a long time. And I Sometimes 10 just makes sense. And I'm genuinely trying to convince some people to try this game, so I want to give you a scale that actually matters. So, Patrick, you're the guest. Yeah. On a scale of 1 to 10 snails, how many snails are you giving Psychonauts?
1: I give uh Not eight snails out of ten.
0: It's a good score. Uh, yeah, it's bad radio, but I agree. Eight, uh, yeah, I'll give it a, I, uh, I could hear an argument for like a seven because I really did get pissed off at the end, but
1: you got you got pretty mad. You texted me about I it. I sure did. I was fucking but,
0: livid. But I <laughs> like Molly. Molly tried to go out for a pee and like would not come back in because I was getting so angry. And I'm like, buddy, yeah, I'm perfect. not mad at you. Like I'm not. You didn't do anything wrong. It's fucking game. But no, I'll give it an yeah. eight because
1: the rest of the experience outshined that last 20%. Right? And I mean, realistically, that was, the, you know, you gave it like 20%, the last 20% of the game was just frustrating. Agreed.
0: Yeah. And if you happen to come by the stream where I was playing this and you were like, man, th- this looks like shit. It was the play level Uh, I, you know what? I would just straight up tell somebody for the, for the level where you have to do the stage plays, um, unless you're gung ho on figuring it all yourself, just look up a walkthrough so you know what combinations to use to get the plays done. You could probably beat that level in like 10 minutes if you just know what to do. Just, just get it out of the way. And like, I, I
1: I remembered all the combinations, so it wasn't that uh, tough for me, but I I remember playing for the first, like, I remember being frustrated going into it being like, I don't want to do
0: this one again. Yeah. It's not. It's not It's not frustrating like the end of the game because the end of the game is frustrating because you can't get them to do what you want. This one is just honestly just not as fun as the rest of the game. And some of the other We're levels not. are so it's creative that, yeah, it's just kind of lame, so. Um, Patrick, fucking A, listen, buddy, the next time I have you on the show, I promise uh, to get you back in your comfort zone. We'll either talk the Game Boy or something scary. Uh,
1: I love weird games, too. So <laughs> any, any weird games,
0: we'll so. find another weird game. I love it. Psychonauts is fucking dope. Raz is the man, too. I love that kid. We didn't show yeah. Raz enough love. He's, he's, he's fucking, he's sweet. He's a great character. Yeah, yeah, he sure is. Uh, Raz for smash brothers. Um, Patrick, good talking to you, buddy. Thanks for doing this. And, uh, cause I'm certain you won't be on the show again in the next seven days. Uh, Merry Christmas and happy new year and all the other good stuff that comes with that as well, buddy.
1: Yeah, you too, man. Absolutely. And you know, thanks to all your uh, weird fans who picked this game. Uh, it's, it's really cool to see something like this, uh, get chosen in the poll like
0: that absolutely yeah shout out to all the voters you did good and for those of you that are like where is where the fuck is battlefront 2 we'll get there someday i promise but uh shout out to everyone that voted for psychonauts it was awesome that is going to do it for this week's episode. Patrick, thank you so much for giving me a shout and talking a little Psychonauts into every single one of you nerds that listen to this. Thank you for giving us a chance. I know there's a ton of retro gaming podcasts out there competing for your earballs, and I appreciate you taking a chance on ours. And if you like this one, maybe throw us a good review. I Every time I see a new review pop up, I'll be honest, I'm maybe I'm an egotistical piece of shit, but I check our reviews fairly regularly. And every time I see a new good review, I'm like, ah... Like, an angel gets their wings. It makes me feel so good about myself. So if you liked it, leave us a good review. If you didn't like it, leave a bad review if you want. But uh, fuck you. I don't know. Whatever. I don't care. Anyways. um, Oh, yeah. Quickly, shout out to all the patrons that voted for Psychonauts. I'm sure Star Wars Battlefront 2 is a great game, and I will play it eventually. Uh, Much like Homer watching Fiddler on the Roof. I will eventually get there. But uh, I'm glad that Psychonauts won. Psychonauts was a lot of fun. Also, yo, if you are a Patreon, our final Patreon poll for 2023 is running right now. It's an RPG poll. It's a survivor poll. So every day a game with the fewest votes gets eliminated. We're down to six games right now. And I think this one's going to be a barn burner right through to the end. So get in there and place your votes every morning. Um, I don't know what I feel like playing. I feel like plugging. I'm on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Remember the Game. I'm on Cameo. Just go to Cameo. Look for Adam Blank. They're fun. I like yelling at people for sucking at fantasy football and stuff. Uh, I have a P.O. Box. You can find it at RememberTheGamePodcast.com. Just send me something little. Just a letter. Just a postcard. Let me know where you're listening. I'll write one back. We'll be friends. And I think that's good. I'm going to thank some Patreons. And get the fuck out of here. Uh, We will be back next week with our final episode of 2023. And as I promised, I was going to get to Portal 2 before the calendar rolled over. And I'm sneaking it in with, like, three days to spare. Four days? What is Wednesday? What is next Wednesday, the 20th or the 27th? Four days. Uh, So we'll be covering Portal 2 next week, assuming nothing goes wrong. Uh, Thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate you. Have a great holiday. Merry Christmas and all that other good stuff or whatever we're supposed to say these days. I'm going to thank some patrons and leave. Cheers so long. Goodbye. Remember the Game is brought to you by our Patreons. I could not puke up all the content I turn out every week without all of your support. The following people are at the Senior Executive Vice President level or higher at patreon.com slash rememberthegame, and as such, I am contractually obligated to say their names as quickly as humanly possible. So a huge, huge thank you to... Makeshift Mellow Magic Money. Joe Buck. Sharonic, Andre. Jeffrey Mathis. The Keegs. James Clark. Dave McGee. Dan of DNA Gaming. Slick Rick. Doug Dorn. Chris Fleury, Andrew Wright. Jordan Fraser Burns. Lil Bunny Poo 89. Angry Ticks. Dave Thompson. No One Cares. Scott Brooks. Aaron Lawson. Nathan Trombley. A Town. Morgan. Zane Donovan. Ryan Kinchin, Mike Maloney. G9 PSX. Mercury 869. Wolfgang Darren. Andy Hudson. Doogie. Wolf Magic 21. Johnny from Virginia. Squints. Titan 420. Zonko 504. Jeff Bergeron. Daniel Tunable Power. John Woodruff. Randy Barrage. Just a Fish. Adam Blank still isn't reviewed. Super Paper Mart. What the the, fuck? Uh, the name cut off, so I don't even know what the rest of that says. There we go. I can explain. Oh, Super Paper Mario. Oh, for the record, I'm never reviewing. Sh- uh, here's my review of Super Paper Mario. It stinks. That's the Wii one, right? I fucking hate that game. I'm sorry. I fucking hate that game. So I don't know if you're ever going to get a review of that. I fucking hate that game. Uh Holmes, Zach Shepard, sack Teabagger, Frosty Feet 492, Triple Chugger 22, Elijah Burns. It's that nerd James, Madam Nudis Nudcich exchange. Jameer Williams, Steve Dalk, Mizuru, Juris Dr. Mario, Tyler, Phil Lencher, Joe the Sandman, Eric James, Nick Amos, Mega Man, Thomas Childs, Biddy, Laces Out Dam, Beaver Boy, Thomas Smith, Nikola, Leroy Westrich. Rush's Dog Walker, Stud Steel Smash, Met, Vabenu. Gabe, Dan Fuselman, Fuzzy 99, Decoy Man, A Dude Named Adam, Wyatt the Surgeon Who's Not a Surgeon Roe, Blaine the Hoagie Man, Scary Terry, Storm Beagle, Archangel Otaku, Earl, Hagel Waffle, High Plains Drifter, Kayatch, Jimothy, Chris Williams, Oroku Saki's Gardener, Nicole Aldana, Cody Richardson, General Fury, Dem Boys on the Roof, I Cancel My Netflix to Afford This shout out. Max Lagroom, James Juan Francesco, John of the Adult Children Podcast, Franklin Badge, Drugs bad, okay, Sam Carpenter, Donnie the Dude Walter, Nerdy Hybrid, The Fletchman, Colin Bollinger, Sleeper Hit, Squeak Nuts, Isaias, Timmy the Exuberant Turtle, Wimpf 15, I still don't know how I'm supposed to say that, Christian Gabriel, Maverick Marty, Radioactive Man, Musty Beetle, Graham Kennedy, John M. Watkins, Timothy Sabrinski, Beef Dingleberry, Hitchy Poo, Chevy 9211, Burt Macklin, Quiet Place Queen, Cam Nelly 23, Christopher Britt, Zamatos, Big the Cat, Maverick, Bobby Litton, Brandon Dezeba, Kia Pup, Wheel of Fish, AB Killin, Works for Me, Alexander Camps, Neil Cooper, Tom Houlihan, Ted Explosion, Ryan Perry, Alex R, Lucas Valadez, Itchy Nutsiru, Mr. Papa Giorgio, Just Car Prank, Solomon Soto, Rated X, Dar Sky Skywalter, Postman, West Gen, Nick Creature, Youngster TK, Adam Martinette, Mark McHugh, Still Hasn't Reviewed, The Nightman, Come, Kevin Monroe, Come, ke- <laughs> Come, uh, Kevin Monroe can't destroy her. This mf, all wrapped up in a soft, warm flour tortilla. Beers of war, because nineteen. Digital Dave, Marcus Mendoza, Lord Longrod, Bon Hugendom the Second, Roger Starbucks, Pool Cleaner, Lucas Shaman, 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 Lucas Shaman. Frosty Bear, Max Sandin, Sour Goatface, Alex Ramos, Faded Sufferance, Benjamin Atkins, Carbon Fiber Zombie, Chris Hill still hasn't finished Tears of the Kingdom, Mellow Yellow 8787, B Money, Hired Goons, who? It's OG, Tyler Bauer, Fallen Snow Kiku, The Supreme Chose a Rizzo, E Man Trucker, Mark's Need, Raging Irish, Atrio Wormwood, Shoeboxers, Tornado, Adam Blank still hasn't reviewed Mario Galaxy, Jay Callahan, Rabier, Guy Who Does Things, Sabin, Brian Richmond, Blobby Robert Rogers, Glue Scappin, Bula, Matt Zeus, Buy Me Bone Storm, or Go to Hell. Wow, King okay. Cesar, fill up my mouth with farts. Liquor Like Luigi, Cody Thompson, Billy and the Clonosaurus, Chaz Hammond, Elephant calves, Scissor Fist, Big Daddy, Randall, Ryan, Whitcomb, Flinny123, Austin for Past to Present Player Podcast, Lord State Puff, Johnny Zubu81. A- AJ Mukherjee, Lotus, Philip Ramsey, Nothing Could Possibly, Go Wrong, Alex McIntyre, S, Bearded Bastard, Adam Galaxy, Still Hasn't Reviewed, Mario Blank, Eric Hopewell, Clockwork, Orange These Nuts, Test Tickle, David Schroeder, Theodore, Chicken Gizzards, Diablo Spartan, Justin Blair, Wilco, VOS Ranger, Captain Steve and The cardigan wearing Wrestler, and Adam's new personal assistant. That was pretty fucking good. <sighs> I'm gonna go get another coffee, baby. Fired up. Uh, thanks, everybody. Merry Christmas. See you later.
1: And, 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 and,